You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Vince Lewin Davis. What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Solo act? No, I had a partner. Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. George Washington Bridge? You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Who does that? If I had wings, I'd know it's done. I'd fly the river. Explain the cat. What's its name? I, I don't know. It's the Gorkhine's cat. It slipped out and I don't have the key. My honey, fare thee well. Don't tell Jim. Oh! Obviously. Well, I had a man, strong and tall. He moved his body like a cannonball. Well, fare thee well. Mel, there was no advance on my solo record. There's got to be some royalty. For Christ's sake, it's cold out. I don't even have a winter coat. You're kidding me. Ain't this kid. No, no. I remember one evening in the pouring rain. And in my heart. Do you ever think about the future at all? You mean like flying cars? Hotels on the moon? Tang. I want you to leave. Get out of here. Danny. Your uncle's a bad man. Okay. So show us a bird flying high above. Life ain't worth living without the one you love. Fare thee well, my honey, fare thee well. I'm interested in, in gigging here. Okay, let's hear something. You don't want to hear the record? Why should I? You're here to play me something. Play me something from Inside Lewin Davis. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Inside Lewin Davis, and the story is as follows. Okay. In 1961, New York City, folk singer Lewin Davis is at a crossroads. Guitar in hand, he struggles against seemingly insurmountable obstacles to make a name for himself in the music world. But so far, success remains elusive. Relying on the kindness of both friends and strangers, Lewin embarks on an odyssey that takes him from the streets of Greenwich Village to a Chicago club, where he awaits a music mogul who could give him the big break that he desperately needs. The film is starring Oscar Isaac, Carey Mulligan, John Goodman, Garrett Hedlund, Justin Timberlake. It is written and directed by the Cohen brothers, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. Here to join me today for this Patreon podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman. I'm so excited for this. Emma Sasek. Hello, hello. Amanda Spears. I'm allergic to cat. Josh Parham. <laughs> hello, hello. And Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. So this is another one of our 2013 retrospective podcast reviews. Uh, it is exciting that it's a Coen Brothers film, uh, a, a duo that we don't really talk about that often here on the podcast, actually, because, uh, well, quite frankly, they've actually, I don't want to say slowed down in recent years, but... Uh, you know, we got previously Ballad of Buster Scruggs back in 2018. We talked about Hail Caesar on another podcast. And other than that, we haven't really uh, dived into the Coen Brothers filmography all that much. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this one with all of you. I think it's one of those movies that has uh, aged actually pretty well since its 2013 debut, where it actually premiered to 
more divided reactions, I think, than many people anticipated. It got really glowing reviews from critics, but there definitely was a bit of a divide amongst audiences. And I don't know if people knew what to make of this film at the time. And I think that on subsequent viewings and over time, maybe like folk music itself, it uh, just seems to endure no matter what. (laughs) So we are here today to talk about it in great detail. I'm going to first pass it over to the person who said right up front that she was very excited to be here today to talk about this, Nicole Ackman. So I first saw this movie in January of 2020. I watched it whenever I was working on my MVP into the decade ballot. And I'd had several people be like, Nicole, you can't do your like end of the decade uh, ballot without watching this movie. And I was like, okay. And I watched it and I immediately fell in love. I love this movie so much. I have so many thoughts on it, you know, on every level from the story it's telling to the music. I love folk music. So of course I love this, this soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. There's so much in the design of this movie and the cinematography that I love, and obviously also the performances. And this film does have maybe my single favorite scene in a movie of all time. So obviously it's one that I have a lot of love for. It's something that I discovered not that long ago, but have watched many times since that first time already. Somebody I know who saw this in the theater in 2013, he's a massive Coen Brothers fan, is Michael Schwartz. Michael, um, tell everyone why you love Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, so just to get it out of the way first, I think this is a stone-cold masterpiece, one of the very best Coen Brothers films. And Matt, you were right in the beginning saying that this had a very divisive reaction back in 2013. People really didn't know what to make of this movie outside of the Cannes Film Festival where it premiered. It was a film that just was so cold and distant for some people and a lead character who was so disturbing and upsetting to people that there wasn't that same type of Coen Brothers humor if you weren't willing to look under the surface for it. I was riveted. I think Oscar Isaac's performance here is one for the ages. It is an absolute travesty that he did not get an Oscar nomination. Really a travesty that this film didn't get Oscar nominated across the board outside of uh, cinematography and sound. It was really just a masterclass and everything from above the line and below the line is uh, some of the best work I've seen from the Coen's uh, collaborators. But just the story on its own of this guy who's just such a nasty person and you follow him and so you want to see things end up right for him. You you just can't help but watch... uh, this odyssey that he goes through. There are a lot of, you know, parallels to, I think, mythology here and, you know, you folk tales. And of course, you're dealing with folk music, so it ties in nicely. But I think everything just lands in a way that you wouldn't expect for a movie that is trying to juggle so much, but it does it all so gracefully and it just ages better with time. I love Inside Lewin Davis so incredibly much. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Okay, next up here, Emma Sasek. What do you think of Inside Lewin Davis? So this was actually my first time ever seeing this movie compared to on this podcast. And I was so very pleasantly surprised with it um, in two ways. I haven't been the biggest Oscar Isaac fan in the past, just because I feel like a lot of like the roles and characters that he's played were a bit underwhelming to me and just not, I don't know, they just didn't seem like the roles meant for him. But my God, was this role perfect for him. He just astounded me in every single way. You hate him, but you're rooting for him in this movie. He is such a phenomenal singer, which I did not expect whatsoever. Um, So he was just, he was made to play Lewin Davis. And another thing that this movie did was, you know, it made me appreciate the Coen brothers a little bit more. Um, A lot of their movies are hit or miss with me, um, more so on the miss side. But this is definitely one of my favorites, if not the favorite um, among their filmography for me. And, you know, Michael and Nicole have already said a lot of the things that I wanted to mention. But, you know, the look of this movie is just so gorgeous while still very dreary, but it works. And uh, the writing is so intriguing and just Oscar's character and the way he plays Lewin Davis, just he carries you on this journey and you you just don't know what to expect from him and what awful things might be coming next. You feel like there can't be anything worse than what he's already going through, but this movie will show you that it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse for him. And you're just, you just want him to get a win at some point, but it doesn't always happen for everybody in our, in our movies. But I was so, so happy with this movie and I'm very excited to talk about it with you guys. Okie dokie. Amanda Spears. I, I feel like the Coen brothers secretly want to do a musical and they're just like afraid to do it. So they keep doing these really heavy music films like this and No Brother, Where Art Thou? By the way, I'm still waiting for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The musical because we all know it. eventually one day it's going to happen. Oh, it has to at some point, I'm sure. But, like, I mean, come on. Like, see, like I, I don't know. Maybe they're afraid to do a musical because they are their own kind of entity. But it, yeah, it, it just always seems like the Coen brothers, when they do something like this, they're like, we want to do a musical, but we really don't know how to go about it. Oh, I'm sure they know how to go about it. I mean, remember Channing Tatum's number in Hail Caesar? Yeah, I, I think they know how to do one number. I don't know if they're ready to commit to like, okay, we're finally going to do it. One of the things that I remember is I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but I really loved it the second time. I remember thinking how good a singer Oscar Isaacs was. I think this was the first real Oscar Isaacs performance I saw. I remember him and I'm really excited to talk about this because it is a film 
that is divisive and we'll get into their awards project a little bit later okay and then to end things here josh parm so i'm going to echo a lot of the sentiments that have already been said right now i am also a massive fan of the coen brothers i really think they've only made one thoroughly bad movie and everything else has been either like to me really great or at the very least interesting and so i'm a big fan of their filmography and I remember walking out of 2013 absolutely in love with this movie, and I'm still in love with it today. For a lot of the things that have already been said, I think the performances all around are great, not just from Oscar Isaac. I like the entire ensemble, and I really just love the commentary about artists and what makes an artist successful and how there are certain elements at play that are in an artist's control and outside of an artist's control. And I find that commentary to be so fascinating and poignant and really unique to this particular film that I haven't really seen explored in too many other places. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a flat out masterpiece and one of the greats that the Coens have made. I saw this film in the theater in 2013 and I remember I saw it um, as part of a double feature, actually, believe it or not with Frozen Uh, which was a very, very interesting day, to say the least. (laughs) But you figure the movies that they had made up until this point, uh, No Country for Old Men, their big Oscar winner, Burn After Reading, a movie that I will freely admit I did not appreciate at the time of its release, but have grown to appreciate a lot more since. A Serious Man, True Grit, other you know, award season films that were recognized with Best Picture nominations. So watching Inside Lewin Davis, it reminded me actually a lot of how I felt when I watched um, No Country for Old Men, where I was really, really enjoying the movie. And then the ending happened. And I have to freely once again admit that I did not fully understand uh, the ending the first time I saw it. And I wasn't really quite grasping exactly what the Coens were exactly trying to say with this movie. And so in that regard, it felt like it was a bit of a letdown on the first viewing. I went back and I saw it again uh, that same year, that same season, 2013. And it actually ended up in my top 10 list of that year. Um, I was able on a repeat viewing to more fully grasp what it was that the Coen brothers were getting at with this film. And I do think that it is actually more layered than people give it credit for, which allows for a lot of interpretations into what exactly the film is exploring. Um, the Coen brothers are true masters and i echo what josh said before i too believe that they've only ever made one bad movie and everything else even if it's a misfire is still better than most movies that are actually out there and in that regard i think inside lewin davis is actually their one of their top tier works to this day Um, as i mentioned at the top of the podcast it's only gotten better with time for many of us it was our entry point into oscar isaac Uh, Some of us would remember him in supporting roles uh, prior to this, but this was really, truly his breakout role here. And I kind of want to first maybe start off with Josh uh, mentioned the cast here, the ensemble. I actually do want to first start talking about the performances and how we feel. We've already gushed about Oscar Isaac and how wonderful of a singer he is, how charismatic he is in this, and also, too, how he has that quality about him that even though he is despicable as Carrie Mulligan says asshole (laughs) we still love his puppy dog face that he puts on for everyone where you kind of do want to just give him a hug and help him out and it's amazing how the kindness of so many people in his life even though he doesn't deserve it they still 
are willing to help him out because I think what Isaac is able to do here is he's able to garner real a real sense of pity in his performance. What, what do you guys what do you guys think of the work that's being done there? He gives such a wonderful performance where he has this natural charisma that he's able to trade off of that even though he's being despicable, you really still kind of like him. Yeah. I think that what's so interesting about this performance from Oscar Isaac is that he's so raw in this performance. And I think that especially whenever he's, you know, has these scenes where he's doing music. And I think that that is part of what makes him a sympathetic character, even as we're watching him be an asshole. And, you know, he's this character of Lewin is basically the definition of like brooding cynicism, this idea of like this person who has artistic integrity to the point of it's just stubbornness on some level, but he's so authentic that he can't like properly interact with people. And I think what's really interesting about the character of Carrie Mulligan, and this is actually one of my favorite Carrie Mulligan performances, is that as much as she recognizes how terrible he is, she also was very drawn to him. And I think that's actually kind of a surrogate for the audience relationship to Lewin in that as much as we can say that, you know, he does these, he, he comes off as an absolute asshole. He does these terrible things. He doesn't really seem to care about anyone else, but you're still rooting for him and you're still drawn to him because he has a very interesting sort of charisma that I think very few actors could have brought to this role. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our hour and a half long review of the 2013 film Inside Lewin Davis here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon channel for Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review along with other exclusive podcast content from us. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.